Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, Bulls Nation? And welcome in to the CHGO Bulls Podcast presented to you by PointsBet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. I'm Matt. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Beck. Right over there, that's Will the Goat. Goat leave. He's at Won't Twitter. Uh, at Won't Twitter. At Won't Got Leave on Twitter. He does Twitter all the time. I should change my Twitter handle to Won't Twitter. <laughs> is that pal, BWL Sports. And make it a CHGO debut, y'all. It's our guy, Darnell Mayberry, Senior Bulls writer for The Athletic. Darnell, welcome to the new platform, man. How you been? Thank you. Appreciate it, man. I'm doing well. Congratulations to all you guys on this, man. I'm happy for you. Appreciate it. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate it, Darnell. Um, all right, well, so let's start with the good, and then we can kind of rehash the bad, and, th- and then talk about the Bucks playoff series coming up. What did you think about the performances we saw from, from Pat Williams and Ayo DeSumo last night? Let's start with Pat. Um, obviously, the biggest offensive role he's played all season long, career-high 35, uh, as we were talking about last night. It wasn't just that he was scoring, but doing so in a lot of ways, and even in particular you know, finally asserting himself a little bit and and getting to the free throw line a lot. What did you think about uh, the night we saw from Patrick? Can I be honest with y'all? Sure, please. It, it, it disappointed me because we know he can do this. Like, it was good to see, but we know he can do this. We know that it's in him. Why does it take everyone being out of the lineup for you to show it? So that's the part that was frustrating to me. And he even said after the game, the coaches and his teammates have told him, Two seasons now. Be aggressive. We've all talked about it. We've all written it. And it's like he only does it when he's in a summer league setting or when everyone's out of the lineup. And, and he's just got to be better than that. I mean, after two years, and yes, he's missed a lot of time this season, but you want to see more. And that's been the biggest frustration that I've had with Patrick Williams all season. Mm. I think for me, and, I, and we talked about it last night, is, you know, to your point, Darnell, like he basically has to be told you have to you have to go out there and be aggressive in order for our team to win. And having that mentality of I know what I need to do in order to help my team win, which is being a threat and not just being passive, floating around in the perimeter, you know, because his defense is not quite as developed, I think, as as most people would think or would like. And so you're exactly right that he needs to just have this mentality, whether he's getting his 21 shots or not that he's at least going to be a threat out there. And that that uh, from Billy last night was the big takeaway that I had. Darnell, how much of it do you think 
it plays into it that he's honestly just not used to being that kind of guy. Like coming out of college, being that six man, not being asked to be that dude to come in, be aggressive, run the offense and do things like that. Now being yeah. a number four pick, being asked to kind of do those things. Do you think that kind of plays into it and it's just something he's growing into? You could say that, but Dave, who doesn't want to shoot the ball? You know what I mean? Like, Jason Kidd. Ed Simmons. Ed Simmons. It's unheard of almost, man. Everyone wants to shoot the ball. and Or Ben Simmons is another one, I guess. Ben Simmons, uh, yes, yes. But, but, but the basic things that we've tried to say, the media said it to him, the coaches, the teammates, um, you know, fans. I'm sure he's all over social media and he sees the reactions. There's, there's never an excuse for Pat Williams to have zero shots in a game, which he did a couple weeks ago. Uh, he only played 13 minutes, uh, but there's no excuse to only have uh, 13 minutes by Billy Donovan and then to, to take zero shots. So I hate to be a Debbie Downer, Matt, yeah, and I'm not even you answering don't. your original question. <laughs> it was good. It was a good sign to see him show that he can do that in the NBA, regardless of who wasn't on the floor. Um, but I'd like to see it more often, um, and, and that's where I am with Patrick Williams. Going into his third season, we can't keep talking about the same thing next year. Well, I, I mean, that. but what do you do? You give him a little bit of a break, considering you say at, going into your third season, he missed the entirety of his second season. You know, five games out of this, out of the gate, and you know, a handful of games here. Not to say that it's uh, a full excuse, but this year too is when we were hoping we were going to see a solid step of development from Pat, assuming that he was, you know, keeping that role as the starting four on this team. And he he just wiped away a, an entire season of development. And again, he's still young. There's plenty of time ahead of him in his NBA career to take those steps. I, you know, I, I do agree that at some point, when, when do we hear, well, yeah, my teammates keep telling me, my coaching staff keep telling me I got to assert myself. And, and instead of hearing that kind of talk, he just goes out and does it. But again, he missed 90% of this season. It's also that the season finale was his 12th game back. And I look at his, his old, um, you know, he didn't play with him, but Scotty Barnes, who also went to Florida State. We're not mm -hmm. talking about that. When, when, when the Bulls played up in Toronto early this season, and we saw Scotty Barnes give them the business. We're saying, why can't I'm using this loosely? Why can't I'm there's the voice of the fans? Why can't our number four overall pick do that? It's a mentality thing for me, Matt. You can't be counted on to be one of the faces of not the faces of the one of the pillars of this franchise and moving forward and, and have such passivity um, on offense for sure. And as Will pointed out, he's elite defensively uh he's got a lot of promise but going into his third season like this cannot continue to be a a talking point this can't be so, the narrative on patrick williams moving forward so let me ask you this then darnell covering him now in, in his second season and being around him last year is this something that you've at least seen like the trend upwards of him starting to understand that he needs to be more aggressive or is this just like you know because we talked about it a lot with wendell over the years of you know maybe he's just kind of a passive dude um, and I think Kobe in moments when, especially when his shot is not falling, kind of shies away from continuing to get shots up. Do you think that this is something that Pat is able to work on and improve on? Or is this just kind of who he is and something that he's going to struggle with for, throughout his think, career? 
I do think that the team uh, has some responsibility in this because you have DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine who are the focal points, obviously. Um, and then after that, they want Boots to get the ball. So if you're Patrick Williams, if you're Kobe White, Javante Green is, is shooting it well from three, but you know they, they have been told to not shoot certain shots and um, to basically get the stars the ball. So if that's the role player's message from the coaching staff, that's where I give uh, Matt, that's where I give Patrick a pass a little bit is because he's going out there and basically trying to execute what the coaching staff is telling him to do. Where I stop giving him a pass is if you're a player, if you, if you have dog in you, however you want to put it, it doesn't matter what the coaches tell you. If you know you're capable of doing something, you're going to go out there and do it, especially if you know it's going to help the team. So uh, I'm done talking about Patrick Williams. I'm not trying to kill the guy. I'm actually one of his biggest fans. I said at the deadline, oh, are the, you? Bulls, the Bulls should not. <laughs> I said the Bulls should not trade him. Uh, I said that a couple of times that the Bulls should not trade him. And so I'm, I'm a believer in Patrick Williams. I just don't like the fact that it takes the circumstances that we saw last night to have this effort out of him. That's, I mean, that's fair. I, I, I think it's totally fair. Me. Well, go ahead. Um, go ahead uh, you know, um, but like, I also agree with your point that like, look, how assertive can you be when you're the fourth or even fifth option offensively every time down the floor, if you are playing with Zach, Demar, and Vooch, um, we'll see. I mean, again, I also think that just because you are soft-spoken, somebody like the paw who doesn't show a whole lot of, you know, emotional outwardly on a basketball court doesn't mean you can't be a killer. Um, I, you know, I think that's, yeah, I mean, um, I'm I'm not giving up on the fact that Peta might have that killer instinct. He's just waiting for his opportunity to fully display it on a nightly basis because it, he certainly doesn't show it outwardly as far as his emotion on the floor. doesn't mean it doesn't exist and, and is lurking down there waiting to come out at some point. Um, okay, you're done talking about the paw. So then let's talk about Io real quick. Um, career high night for him as well last night. Did have uh, a, you know, a, a, a big, a big old turnover number. Uh, I believe he had seven turnovers. Knocked down a big three late in the game to kind of put this one away for the Bulls. Uh, do you look at the the rookie wall that he's hit? Maybe it's a combination of that and the fact that teams have, opponents have some scouting tape on Io from the first half of the season. What have you made What have you made of Io's sort of slump here in the final 15 to 20 games of the season? And even with yeah. that, would you still call his rookie year a success? Oh, it's definitely a success. Um, but I think Io's season sort of mirrors the Bulls. If you think about it, I mean, they, they got off to a hot start. He got off to a hot start. They slumped, he slumped. Uh, and maybe it was to be expected on both both sides. I mean, the Bulls, as Billy has said, they weren't as good as they were when they were on that nine-game winning streak. They're probably not as bad as they are now. Io was playing well over his head. I think we could all agree. Uh, and now he's kind of come back to the mean. And, and so – don't look at it as oh, you know alarm bells are going off because io is quote unquote slumping i mean he's a, a rookie second round draft pick who has played a ton of minutes this season uh he said that he hasn't hit the rookie wall um he said he's felt he's felt good every time i've asked him he said he's felt good so um i just think it is a, probably a correlation to teams scouting him a little bit um you know the long season and, and then players being in and out of the lineup, the bulls having to rely on him so much 
probably uh, all of those things have contributed to him having a, a down finish to the season. Like being being around Io as you are, what what's the one thing or maybe multiple things that kind of stand out to you and just impress you when you look at him and how he maybe approaches the game or how he even approaches life? Like what kind of impresses you the most about Io when you see him? I'd probably echo what Billy Donovan has said. It seems like no matter what's thrown at him, he embraces it. And generally he excels in, in the role that is being asked of him. Um, you know, he's not an elite point guard. He's not an elite defender, but he goes out there and he's going to give you what he has and try to play mistake-free basketball. Um, you know, what he's doing, he's doing with a purpose. He's not just going out there making dumb decisions and you're like, what is he doing? We've got to get him off the floor. Um, so, so I think just the fact that he's, he's embraced every role that he's been thrown, uh, that's been thrown at him. He's embraced all the responsibilities that he's had to take on. Uh, and, and it's given him a lot of great experience that he's going to be able to use going forward in his second season and and moving forward. I don't want to get maybe too far ahead of ourselves here, but for both those guys, Pat and IO, where do you think they fit into the playoff rotation as we, we all kind of know, and, you know, I'm sure you have even more experiences covering Billy down in OKC, uh, these playoff rotations shrink. And I, I think just with the depth that this team has right now, or lack thereof, uh, both those guys are going to have to play heavy minutes. But you also wonder maybe how reliable those guys will be, given that they just don't have that kind of experience. Yeah, it's going to be an eye-opening experience for both of them, I, I imagine. Um, but... Billy said something the other day that kind of raised my eyebrows. He said that in the playoffs, you know, his philosophy at least is, is playing as many two-way players as he, as he possibly can. Mm-hmm. And those two guys, I mean, you can say what you want about their, their weaknesses and, and what they're still trying to improve on, but they are two of the better two-way players that this Bulls team has. So they're going to have to rely on both Io and Patrick Williams in the playoffs. I mean, Patrick Williams is about to be out there guarding Giannis. And and that's going to be interesting and, and a really good experience for him. Uh, I think they're probably going to rely on Caruso a little bit for that too. And unfortunately, Tristan Thompson, uh, Javante Green will get some. But but I, I, I anticipate seeing Patrick Williams out there a lot on Giannis. Are you worried at all about minutes with them? I know Io has played a ton of minutes throughout the year. Pat, I think, played almost 40 last night, but... He was uh he was heaving hands on his knees there at the end, and he even said at post game that he was fighting fatigue. Um, are you worried at all about how their minutes are going to shake out in terms of you know just having the energy out there? No, I think it's a it's going to be a learning experience for him. Just the playoff intensity, uh, having their wind, and you know, look, I've never played in a playoff game, but but they. <laughs> Never played in any game, but just from talking, <laughs> I, was, to, I was waiting for that just, one. <laughs> just, just, just to be clear, so uh, just from talking to these guys throughout the years, man, I mean, there, there is a different level, and that they're going to have to adjust and acclimate to the playoff intensity and getting their win. But I don't know if they're going to play enough minutes. Maybe Patty is, but I don't know about Io because you got the backcourt uh, guys other than Lonzo still available. Um, but I do think Pat will play a lot of minutes, and he's just going to have to adjust to the intensity of it, I think, more than anything. All right. We're going to keep chatting here with our guy Darnell Mayberry of The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter, at Darnell Mayberry. Uh, we'll touch a bit more on the Bulls' late season, uh, LeMay's, and the playoff series with the Bucks. But first, Big Dave, tell the people, mm. 
about the points bets, would you please? Oh, time for commercials, Darnell. Stay tuned. Here we go. Here we go. The best way to support CHGO is to download that points bet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you'll get two, count them, one, two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of that cool web content, and you'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from that CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, a free T-shirt of your choice from that CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. And for the first time ever, it's the live NBA same-game parlay. You can build the perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with PointsBet by combining your favorite bets anytime during the game. And if you want more, you can also boost your live same-game parlays. You can watch live, parlay live, boost live, all with PointsBet. And if you're in this awesome state of Illinois where the weather is not bad outside right now, but you can still stay inside and you can download that PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone like the one parlay pack is holding up right there. So what are you waiting for, ladies and gentlemen? Huh? I don't know. Because once the game starts, you don't just bet. Go lead. Let them know what you do. You live your bet life. Oh, you do it with points bet. That's how you read one. Uh, Darnell, <laughs> what to you has been the biggest issue for this Bulls uh, post-All-Star break stretch where they – their, their net rating has fallen off a cliff. They have way more losses than they do wins, as you take a look at it right there. Not just that the defense <laughs> stayed bad, but the offense also got bad. I mean, there's a lot that you can point to. Lonzo's absence, obviously, when you were speaking just a minute ago about the, the two-way players on this team, his absence has been huge. Um, you know, as far as Lonzo, the three-point shooting you miss, his defense certainly is missed. Zach has been battling this knee and hasn't looked like himself. DeMar's mid-range efficiency has come down. They've obviously faced a much harder schedule. What of any of those things or something I didn't mention to you is the biggest reason why the Bulls have dropped as many games down the stretch as they have? I'm going to go with Z, all of the above. <laughs> you, you listed them all, Matt. I mean, what would you leave me to say? Well, no. Right. I mean, is, is one of them, in your opinion, like the most key problem? Which is the yeah, biggest the defense, problem? The, the defense. I mean, the defense. Okay. They haven't. They haven't really given themselves much of a chance. Uh, a lot of times because of the way they defend it, um, inside and outside, and consistently. I mean, good teams, bad teams. You're losing to Sacramento. You're losing to New Orleans without. Brandon Ingram, <clears throat> it, mm. it's just been it's just been a a, a shocking freefall is, is how I would describe it. I mean that's what are they finished seven and fifteen or something like that eight, eight. and fifteen mm-hmm. eight and fifteen it's it's just not no one I guess I mean Billy says he saw it coming but I, I think every time he says that he sounds bad like if you saw it coming why didn't you why yeah, couldn't you do way. anything right. about it <laughs> right. yeah like. Um, but I, I just say the defense, the, the point of attack defense um, has been awful. They cannot guard the pick and roll. Um, and basic ball movement has really crippled this team defensively to where they can't contain it. And it's leading to open three point shots. Um, and then once that happens, if they miss, teams are getting second chances on offensive rebounds. So everything is going wrong. And <clears throat> when 
I think the defense is the biggest. Every time we've asked Zach about a problem over the last couple of weeks, the answer has been, if we knew the answer to that, we would have it figured out. We wouldn't be talking about it right now. What do you make of that? I mean, it seems to me like they have no idea what's going wrong and they have no idea how to fix it. Like, how is it possible that a 45, 46 win team who's heading to the playoffs is answering that way? Could be two things. One, they don't know. Or two, they know and they won't say. Um, I kind of think that it might be a little bit of the latter. Um, but listen, you've got the same things that has made this team successful in some ways are the same things that has made, have, have, we can see that it's clearly flawed. The Rosen's incredible run earlier in the season. You know, he was hot and everybody loved it. But then, you know, how's, how's everyone else developing when one guy is, is on a roll like that? Um, and that's not a fault of DeMar. It's just how it all played out. Um, when, the, when the focus and the emphasis is on getting the ball to Levine and DeRozan and Booch, how can the other players be effective? They're most effective. Um, and so I think there could be a, a little bit of a trickle-down effect with players just probably not being entirely happy with how things have played out this season. And I'm curious to see how it might change going forward if they bring back this roster you know, in large part because you're not just going to be able to, to beat these elite teams with Jamar, Zach, and Vooch, assuming all those guys are back. Yeah. First of all, I like that flex wheel threw in there when he was like, every time we ask Zach that question, you know what I mean? That, yeah, that's a Will, flex. Will. That's a flex, though, Will. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I asked, I asked him a question last week, and he basically just said that exact same thing. Like, if we know the answer, it's like, what does that mean? What are you mm. supposed to make of that? Mm. I feel you, man. It's let me ask you, let me ask you um Darnell, did you did you kind of expect them to plummet or did were you shocked by how much they plummeted by losing Lonzo? Did you expect it to affect them this much after they lost Lonzo? I I didn't. And and that goes all the way back to me not expecting Lonzo to have this much of an impact to begin with. You know, mm -hmm. I remember when he was in the rumors a long time ago, and I'm saying Lonzo ball, why? I didn't realize how good Lonzo Ball was. I remember we so, talked about it on our show. I remember. I remember. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's been it's been shocking. But he is really three-point shooting, I think. I mean, we, Billy keeps talking about how bad they've shot the ball lately you know, in the second half of the season. Lonzo was shooting 42%. I mean, just kicking it out to him instead of Ayo or Kobe or, you know, like those guys are inconsistent. Lonzo was shooting at 42%. So. Uh, that would have been a big relief off DeRozan when these double teams were coming uh, at him and Zach Levine. And I think, you know, that, that's been a big piece that they've been missing. Uh, Billy used that phrase losing in the margins after one of their recent blowout losses, Darnell. Um, do you do you make anything of the fact that that recent final stretch, you know, not counting the the JV squads um, between the Bulls and Wolves on Sunday night, that was a victory, but four straight blowout losses, you know, three to the, the three of those top teams in the East. And then also um, to Charlotte, D like did, did that signal to you that at some point along the line there, this team or large numbers of this team had mentally checked out like, and it was, was it just mentally checked out? Cause we knew we punched our playoff ticket 
So we're just going to check out until then, and, and then we'll gear back up for a playoff run? Or, or is there something deeper that you could tell as far as, like, for whatever reason, loss after loss, they they got dispirited in some way. And, and like, because it's one thing to lose all of those contests, but to lose them the way they did. Like, I think that's what has alarmed Bulls fans the most over this final couple of weeks. Yeah, the Charlotte, the Charlotte contest is the worst. Um, they're not Milwaukee. They're not Boston. They're not Miami. Uh, and they didn't have much to play for, if anything, to play for. So uh, not only that, but you've got DeRozan out there. you got Levine out there and Vooch out there. I think all three of them played. It's, you know, it's all running together now. But if, if they were going to play like that, you might as well set them down and, mm-hmm. and rest with them. And, and I just didn't – I don't understand why they came out like that, and I don't have an answer for it. Mm. Uh, Donnie, for, for, like, Bulls fans who haven't – seen Billy Donovan as much as you have and especially in the playoffs is there something that you can let them know about him and his coaching style when it comes to playoff basketball like does it kind of change his rotation shorten you know things like that is there something you can explain to Bulls nation about Billy Donovan in the playoffs yeah he's not much different than most coaches I mean he's likely going to shorten his rotation he's going to rely on his veterans um but he's not afraid to make changes I mean he's not one of those coaches like I covered Scott Brooks a lot longer then I covered Billy Donovan. And Scott Brooks would not make a change in the playoffs. Um, you know, it would take him being down to an elimination game before he would fit Kendrick Perkins. You know, like the, this is the last time I covered the playoffs. Kendrick Perkins was still playing Ooh. in the league. But uh, come on, Bulls. We got we to gotta, yeah. gotta do better. Man. It's, it's, it feels good for this five-year drought to be – this is my first time covering a Bulls uh, playoff series, so I'm looking forward to seeing what the United Center is going to be like in there. But I, I do think he's going to rely on his veterans and then not be hesitant to make adjustments. Um, you know, if he sees something's not working, I think he'll give it a game, probably two, and then he'll probably make the switch. Hmm. <sighs> Breathe. <laughs> Breathe, Matt. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know why I thought talking with Darnell was going to lift my spirits in some way. I don't know why either. Because I've always known that he. You know the guy for that, Matt. You know the guy for that. (laughs) No, we don't talk about him on this show, Darnell. We don't talk about him on this show. Um. We got more to talk about with Darnell, but one more quick shout out to our friends at PointsBet. If you enjoy what we do here at CHGO, help us out by downloading that PointsBet app and using promo code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you getting those two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make that $50 more first-time deposit, you will get a free membership to us here at CHGO and all of our exclusive, incredible content. We've got a lot for you over the next couple of weeks as we're getting ready for this Bulls-Bucks playoff series. If you got any questions about it, email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we will help you out. And as Dave mentioned, you can now sign up online right from your phone if you live in Illinois. You can download the app right now. Register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. I am mad that we don't have any NBA games on tonight because I'm itching for it. I'm itching for a same game parlay. Um, You know what? At least uh, Sunday, I'll be able to throw some money on uh, Bucks covering another spread. Uh, is, is that how you? Is hey, that how you some, see? There's this? some playing games this week. You got. I you guess that's true. We got yeah. some playing games before we'll we get there. Plenty yeah. of same game parlays coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Darnell, how do you see this series shaking out? Obviously, most people are looking at this as a one-and-done playoff year for the Bulls, a quick exit. Some people saying sweep. Maybe some people optimistically thinking, hey, maybe the Bulls could steal a game. Maybe two. But you look at the fact that this this Bucks team, when Giannis has played, is 13-0 and against the Bulls, spanning since 2017. Um, I mean, you mentioned about who the Bulls might uh, throw out there to try and slow down Giannis. They they have given the Bucks a couple of tougher fights in the first two matchups this season, but they haven't been able to slow down Giannis in any of them, really. What I mean, do you see any way that Billy can find something to work to the Bulls' advantage in this series to make it a series and not a four-game sweep? Ryan Archidiakono is not walking through that door. <laughs> <laughs> And thankfully, <laughs> I was about to say, Dave, if you didn't, I was gonna say, thank God. Yeah, you feel what we I don't want to be disrespectful to Arch. No, we're gonna be real. This time, but no, I um, oh, let's see. I don't think there's any way the Bulls win the series. Uh, I think they can be competitive. I think you can see some maybe close games, perhaps, but the Bucks just are too much on both ends of the floor. Like, if you could. If you could defend them, you still got to be able to score on them. And, you know, that's going to be a tall task with Drew Holiday out there um, defending, with Giannis out there defending, Wes Matthews out there defending. Like, they've got some pieces, Chris Middleton, they've got some pieces just defensively that's going to give the Bulls best players trouble. Uh, Look how much Vooch struggled against their length last week. Yeah. He can't go three and 19. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I do think the Bulls will – they're not going to flip the switch. They're not going to turn into this new team that we haven't seen since December or January. But I do think that they're going to raise their level of intensity, and I think they're going to be more competitive. I don't think they're going to get blown out all four or five games. <laughs> Yo, Darnell, so, what, would, what would you consider uh, – a successful playoff run for the Bulls because I think we're all resigned to the fact that you know the Bucks are just the Bucks, the defending yeah. champ. So, right. what would you consider a successful playoff run for the Bulls this year? I think you want to see some individual, some encouraging individual performances. You know, if, if Io goes out there and shows that he's not going to back down on the playoff stage, Pat Williams uh, does the same thing. Um, you know, if they move the ball and don't just rely on Demar and Zach. Um, and they try to get everyone involved, and, and they actually can make some shots. And, um, and they're just competitive. If they, if they find a way to keep it close and not get the doors blown off each game, mm. it's a success. Mm. Yeah, I think if you're going to look at how well the Bucks defend, you also have to flip that question. Is like, how, how do you how do they stop? Damar, like uh, I think they've had some success against him in the past, being able to get over screens and not having to switch them so that he can kind of pick who he wants to isolate against. But I think that's going to be a really tough matchup for them too. Obviously drew West Matthews, Middleton. Those are some elite defenders, but um, I think at this point in the season, the bulls have seen a lot of really good defenses and Billy has talked about like, these are the things that, you know, the challenges that we have to overcome to make us better. Do you, buy that at all in terms of like it's better to see these trapping defenses it's better to have gone through these stretches where they literally cannot make one single three-pointer in a game um 
do you think it's there's any truth to that? Well, this is the time for them to show it. Hmm. You know, all that Billy has been talking about, this is the time to say, okay, this is what we've learned. Or they haven't learned anything. You know, we're about to find out. Um, based on the results of the regular season, it's clear that they weren't either learning or and being able to incorporate whatever they learned. So now is the time to actually go out there and show it. Have you ever, like, covered a team like this, Darnell, where – they just been up so high. I mean, up to the point where they were the best team in the conference, but then to drop so low, you know, just to finish eight and 15 and, you know, kind of sneak into, you know, the playoffs and not the play in. Have you ever covered or been around a team that has had that dramatic of a rise and that dramatic of a fall? Um, generally, I think I've seen the rise more than the fall, um, but the injuries, and I think I was talking to Will about this in the press room the other night. You can sort of understand it from the standpoint of the injuries, people bouncing in and out of the lineup, uh, the schedule getting a lot tougher. Um, maybe there's a couple other things I'm leaving out, but but it's still shocking, and and it's still not the way that the Bulls wanted to to end this season. I mean, everything that could go wrong went wrong, and <laughs> and including them falling to the sixth seed and the Bucks ended up defending champion Milwaukee Bucks ended up in the third seed. So it's it's I don't really have much of an answer for it other than the things that I mentioned, like the injuries and the schedule is getting stronger. Darnell, we heard uh Billy mention recently after he learned that the Bulls were facing the Bucks in this first round series that he might go back and give another look to playing Vooch and Tristan Thompson on the floor together. And I said to myself, oh, dear God, no. Um, our, our pal and contributor Mark K had this tweet yesterday upon hearing that. Offensive rating when Tristan and Vooch share the floor, 92.9. Defensive rating, 125. Net rating, negative 32. And the rebounding percentage isn't even at 50%. It's at 47 and a half. <laughs> it's a small sample size of 26 minutes when those two share the floor, but the results have been awful. What did you think when we heard Billy say that? And is there any way that it won't be a disaster if those two share the floor together? It went in one ear and out the other, honestly. And if he wants to do that, more power to him. We're going to write about it and we're going to say it would, didn't make any sense. So, um, you know, we're going to write about it beforehand, too, Darnell. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's, that's even better. That's, that's even better. Um, you know, and, and this is assuming that it's going to continue, like you said, small sample size. This is assuming it's going to continue to play out that way, which we have no reason to believe that it won't. And the most probably shocking part, although those are all terrible numbers, but the rebounding, I mean, you would think that they would at least be able to rebound with that lineup. And they're still not doing the one thing that they would be expected to do with that lineup. So if they're not going to do that, what's the point? Yeah. For me that, like I say this all the time, offensive and defensive rebounding are two different skills just because Tristan is big does not make him a good rebounder. And I think if you, you take the small sample size argument, yes, it's small, but like most of those minutes came against the bucks. So we know what it looks like against the team that they're facing. I'm sense. good. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so that I mean, the question then becomes, you know, how do you do you go really uh, small ball heavy? And we've seen Billy, you know, he loves using three and sometimes even four guard lineups. What have you made of of the back end of Derek Jones Jr. season, Darnell? Because you know he came back earlier from whatever that fractured finger was than than we initially expected. You know, hashtag six to eight weeks. It ended up being half of that because they decided to let him play with that splint on his non shooting finger, but. He hasn't been able to knock down shots. He does give you more versatility on the defensive end, I think, and and can add some element of, you know, lethal athleticism for the Bulls in transition offense opportunities. Tyler Cook, we saw him for the first time in forever in garbage time of a meaningless game against Minnesota, but, I mean, he's one of the few guys in one of those earlier games against Milwaukee that I thought fared okay against Giannis. Yeah. So, so what, what do you see there is maybe Billy's other options. Yeah, I don't, Derek Jones, I like what he did early in the season uh, when they had to rely on him when Zeke was out, but I just kind of don't understand the, the, the fans calling for him so much in the second half of the season. Um, I don't know if that's a, uh, well, maybe you can speak to this a little bit more. I don't know if that's more of an indictment on some of the, the options that Billy has used. Uh, or if it's belief in Derrick Jones Jr., I don't have as much belief in Derrick Jones Jr. Um, yes, he's been good in spots. I don't think he's a guy that you rely on for significant minutes. Um, he's an athlete. He's not a skilled player. And he can give you some energy and some hustle plays, but I don't think you want to rely on him, and that's my concern with him. And I, and I don't have a problem with how Billy has really used him. There's some times maybe he could have thrown him out there, but I don't really have much of an issue with how Billy used him in the second half. Yeah, I, I think for me, I just want to see some more experimental lineups. And he he has tried it a few times, uh, you know, at, at points throughout the second half of the season. But I liked what he was able to do against the Bucks, even in the first couple of matchups mm-hmm. where he was playing uh, more of the five and passing out of short roll. And, you know, the, the Bulls are going to get killed on the glass against his team. I mean, they've got two seven-footers in the starting lineup. Um and we know the Bulls struggle there anyway. So you may as well, at least at times, try to get in those passing lanes, get out in transition. These are things that made the Bulls good early on in the season. And I think ideally, you know, Derek Jones is somebody who can defend somebody like Drew Holiday or like Chris Middleton, who's a little bit shorter and smaller and, and use his length length to bother them. Obviously, it's not going to work on Giannis. Nobody works on Giannis. But um, I would like to see some moments. I agree with Darnell, though, that it's not something that you can go to for like 30 minutes a game, let alone, you know, 10 or 15. Yeah, Darnell, is there a, a Bulls player that you feel needs to see this first round? Uh, like you mentioned, Pat, and you mentioned Ayo and guys like that. But, you know, guys like Zach have never been there. Kobe's never been there. They're only like four players on this team who've actually, you know, had like deep playoff success. So is there any player like in particular you can name that needs this playoff run? It's Zach. It's got to be Zach. He's, he hasn't been there. Uh, he's in, what is this now, his seventh season? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that's different from Kobe. That's different from Pat. That's different from Io. Zach has accomplished everything that you can possibly accomplish uh, for a guy at his, at his skill set. Um, you know, he doesn't have a scoring title, but he's widely considered one of the most elite scorers in the league. Um, he's a two-time All-Star. He's an Olympian, a gold medalist. He's got to go out and have some postseason success. Now, it's not going to come this season, but at least this gives him the taste of it 
to say this is what it takes. Zach, I'm going to tell you guys, like Zach is kind of talking a lot this season like he knows what it takes, and he doesn't. He's never been there. Um, Billy throws him in there, and, you know, it's kind of been uh, kicked around that Zach doesn't like when Billy throws him in there, lumps him in there with, with Kobe and, and Io and Pat and these guys who haven't been there, but it's a fact. It's a fact. And, and Zach carries himself like he's on that level. Even though he might be, he hasn't proved it on this stage. So I think it's Zach, and I don't think it's close. Mm-hmm. Assuming that Alex Caruso is available, Darnell, and that's what we heard most recently is that, you know, they're just letting him, they let him take the last few games off to get some extra rest for that back. And then hopefully after the the play-in week off also, he feels well enough to play. So assuming that Caruso is a chip that Billy has to use, how do you see Billy constructing that starting five? And then whether it might be a three or four person bench, does he does he put Alex back in the starting lineup as he did for a while when he came back from the wrist injury? Is Io in there? I would be shocked if it's Kobe, uh, based on you know the shooting slump we've seen recently. Even though he came out of it uh, a bit um, at the end of that blowout to the Hornets, but where where do you see Caruso fitting in, assuming he is able to go? My guess is that he starts uh, he starts him off the bench and starts Patrick Williams on Giannis probably tries to give the Bulls a little bit of a, a little bit more umph coming off the bench with Caruso, um, a second unit leader to go against the Bucks uh, and try to keep the pace and the tempo where you are comfortable. Um, but yeah, I think it's Patrick Williams, Booch, Rosen, Levine, Io. Hmm. Where do you uh, where do you see Kobe fitting in into all of this? I think he's probably one of the more variable players on this team, where he can get super hot and potentially even like win you a game if he hits eight threes. Uh, but he could also just float around on offense and you know bleed points on defense. Where do you where do you think he fits in against a team that you kind of have to play perfect against? Offensively, you love what he's capable of the potential there and what he might be able to do in this series but defensively they're going to go out they're going to go at him they're going to attack him and they're going to try to hunt Kobe White and and just relentlessly exploit that matchup so he's got to be ready um they've given him a lot of credit the coaches teammates for his development this season defensively personally I haven't seen a ton of it um uh but you know they say that he's really improved on that end. I don't know that that's going to help in this series, but offensively, um, I, I really do like his potential to come off the bench and be a a super scorer, you know, a six man type uh, who gets hot and and kind of can keep you in a game. So, Donnell, you you said it yourself, like this is like the first like kind of winning Bulls team that you've covered uh, since you've been here. So, and you kind of mentioned like the worst uh, moment, you know, that Charlotte game. But what's for you has been was the best moment in covering this team? You know, after the end of this series or the end of their playoff run, uh, I'm going to write probably something on um, this being the best season that I've covered. This is my 14th season as a beat writer. Um, and this has been my favorite. And 
for a lot of different reasons. And I've got a lot of different memories uh, from this season. Um, I traveled with the team more than I ever did this season because, you know, in past years, it just wasn't as, as, <laughs> as worth it. Uh, but, you know, I, one thing that really stands out is when they were in Denver and Bulls fans took over that building and gave uh, DeRozan MVP chance. And, and, you know, obviously Nuggets fans, are, they've got a whole different situation out there in Denver. So, but regardless, there were so many Bulls fans in the building. And even like little things, every time I get on a plane, it happened today coming back from Minneapolis, there's Bulls fans all over the flight mm. going to road cities, different road cities supporting the team. And uh, again, traveling a lot more than I did in previous years. Uh, maybe I've seen it a lot more, but it's definitely noticeable. I never saw that covering the Thunder. I didn't, I didn't see a bunch of Thunder fans getting on planes every time going to road cities. Now, they were incredible fans in Oklahoma City, but I'm seeing Bulls Nation go everywhere with this team. And it's just been – strangely, though, maybe because no one gave a damn about the game last night, that was the fewest Bulls fans I've seen in the building in a road city. Mm-hmm last night but but these little things are all uh like the moments that that i really cherish this season I, i'm sure our sister station over there at dnvr will be glad to hear yeah. that the bulls oh, heard that one. overtaking the nugget <laughs> stadium was one of your highlights of the season oh yes <laughs> they, they got they got the guy who will likely win mvp again this year but hey tamar's the one getting the mvp chance with future the bulls bull the he didn't play that night that's why he didn't play that night <laughs> Hey, Darnell, right. let Go me ahead, ask Dave. you real quick, uh, Matt. What's it been? Have you done any hazing for our guy, Will? Has there been any hazing since he's been in the building? Hazing? Will? Hazing? Will, Will was in this spot before me. <laughs> Will should be hazing me. It's coming, Darnell. It's Will, coming. Will <laughs> the long con. The long con. He played the long game. Sit that. Just sit your luggage by the plane, uh, Will. Just, sorry, just sit your luggage by the plane. <laughs> you can carry my. You can carry my Dora the Explorer backpack. Isn't that what they do? <laughs> yeah, I gotta go get them like donuts and all kind of stuff. Yeah, oh, Chipotle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, he likes his salads. I'll, I'll bring you some donuts in uh, in Milwaukee. <laughs> Meantime, tell tell uh, tell our guy Callie to take it easy on those Twitter grenades. All right, <laughs> Bulls fans are. <laughs> he he loves pressing their buzzing buttons. Yeah, uh, but you know what? Twitter, he's, he's spoken to mm-hmm. he's spoken to truth for the back half of this season. He he wasn't buying the fool's gold in the front half, and he's taking a victory lap or two right now. But uh, he wasn't the only one, Matt. I, yeah. I wrote I wrote a thing at the deadline that said what other teams did is going to backfire on the Bulls. I got killed yeah. for it. It's like yeah. this is this was predictable. We kind of saw this coming, given the injuries, the schedule, and a lack of activity at the deadline while others improve. Last one for me, Darnell, is, I mean, it sounds like you consider this season a success. You've had a great time covering the team. And I think all things considered, when you when you zoom out and look at the season, it's been the best bull season in recent memory. Um, do you view this as a stepping stone where they can continue this sort of growth and improvement next year and the year after throughout DeMar's contract? Or do you look at it as like, we kind of saw the best version of this team. And now since they're headed the wrong direction, they've got to like reevaluate things um, for, for the next couple of years. Definitely room for improvement. Um, 
they're going to have to overhaul some of what they do and how they do it. They come back and just want to force feed the Rose on the ball. Levine, if he resigns, that's not going to work. It's not sustainable in terms of winning at a, at a high level. You can win 45 to 50 games in the regular season. You can beat the Washingtons and the Charlottes and, you know, those teams. But you're going to go one and 14 against the top four seeds of the East and two and whatever, 21 or whatever, against the top four teams from, from both sides. So I do think they need to, to play more of a team game. Um, they're going to have to be healthy. Of course, this franchise just has shit luck when it comes to health. Um, but if they, can, if they can be healthy and rework, revamp a little bit of how they do things, yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of room for improvement for this this roster. I don't even think they need to go and get a, a, a you know major major changes like they did last season. There's a lot of room for growth with what they have. All right, uh, Darnell, last one, quick series prediction for you: uh, Who wins the series and in how many games? Bucks win the series in five. Oh, you're giving him the gentleman sweep. Which, I'm which giving one? him a game. Which uh, game, Darnell? Bulls, Bulls get game four. I don't think they're going to want to get swept. I think they get game four. Does okay, DeMar have home. a 50-burger in game four? No, but he can go for 42. <laughs> 42. Very specific. I board. like that. I like Put that. Put it on the board. Put it on the board. Right. <laughs> we'll check back in after game four is over and let, and uh, and we'll see just how close you came on that guess of 42 at a Bulls win. Darnell, we appreciate your time, man. Awesome to have you here joining us on CHGO Bulls. Everybody out there, if you aren't already, follow Darnell on Twitter for all of his great Bulls insights and coverage at Darnell Mayberry on Twitter and subscribe to The Athletic. You can subscribe to more than one thing. You should be subscribed to CHGO. Subscribe to The Athletic as well. They have great content for Bulls fans and Chicago sports fans across the board. Darnell, sir, we appreciate you. Keep up the great work. Thanks, man. For uh, Mr. Gottlieb and Mr. Big Dave Watson, Matt, saying thanks as always for listening, Bulls Nation. We will see you next time tomorrow, Tuesday, in studio. We got another episode for you. Till then, see Red be good. Peace.